feeling blue what do you do we got stories to see you through that time of the month that time of the month need a fix come get your kicks we got tales by kooky chicks that time of the month that time of the month i'm going to bring out this next pair they performed a bunch for that time of the month they are amazing straight out of appalachia our favorite couple miss patsy and mr herman lawson <laughs> saw it coming. Last fall at a block party, everyone had noticed that Willard's health seemed to be failing rapidly. Willard was our 84-year-old retired Presbyterian minister who lived down the street. Although he had lost most of his hearing, he never missed one of our block parties. Last fall, however, he seemed more tired more fragile, more frail. One morning, late in January, Willard awakened, sat straight up in bed, and said, Praise be to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And he fell over dead. <laughs> Within 30 minutes, Grace had called to give us the news. We immediately began to think about ways that we could be helpful to her and the family during this difficult time. Because Willard was not close to his family, it would be Grace's elderly brothers and sisters who would come to mourn Willard's death. She soon informed us that all of her six brothers and sisters, along with nieces and nephews, would be here for the funeral. And we knew that that would need a lot of help. The idea was to offer our house to the family members so they could be near Grace to share food and visitation. By now, we had the house to ourselves because the boys were in college. Grace liked this idea and told me that her oldest sister, Rachel, and husband, Carl, would be the first to arrive and stay with us. She explained that Carl was nearing 90 and needed a lot of assistance, but that Rachel managed him well. On the night they were to arrive at our house, they visited a long time at Grace's before she brought them to our house. When they arrived about 11 o'clock, Carl's nice pants were muddy from a fall. We were readying ourselves for bed. Introductions were made and Grace left. Carl was a small, gray-haired man with a white mustache. He had a slow, shuffling walk and a huge, pleasant grin across his face. Rachel appeared to be the one in charge, and Carl gracefully took the orders and directions that she gave. We showed them the bathroom, which was center of the hallway. Their bedroom was on the left of the bathroom. Ours was on the right. Patsy explained that we would get up without disturbing them in the morning and go to work. 
They could journey down to Grace's house for breakfast anytime they got ready. Patsy made sure they had towels and knew where everything was before we all went to bed. Six o'clock came in the morning and I got up to make breakfast. Rather impulsively, which I'm sometimes prone to do, I decided to make a large pan of homemade biscuits for Carl and Rachel to take to Grace's for breakfast. I had left Herman in the bed asleep when I went to the kitchen to cook. About 45 minutes passed before I looked at the clock to see the time. I realized Herman was not up, so I went back to the bedroom to check on things. I went down the hallway, turned right into our bedroom hallway, and ran into Herman standing by the closet in his underwear and shirt. Immediately, I knew something was wrong, bad wrong. But being very task focused, I said, it's getting late, you need to hurry. I whispered to Patsy, Carl's in our bed. <laughs> what? Carl's in our bed. Putting the picture together quickly, I knew that Carl, in his dementia and confusion, had probably gone to the bathroom, turned the wrong way, ended up in our bedroom. I turned to Herman and whispered, just tell him how to get back to his bedroom. I tried to, but he wouldn't go. <laughs> Not realizing the gravity of this situation, I tried again. Well, just take him by the hand and tell him you will lead him back to the bedroom. Just as I finished these words, Rachel came flying out of her, the, her, their bedroom, anxiety written all over, and she said, where is he? He's gone. I, trying to be the calm one, explained that I thought he had probably gone to the bathroom, gotten turned around, and he was now in our bed. As I was telling Rachel this, both Herman and I were facing her. Suddenly a look of horror came on her face and she, and she yelled, Oh my God! We turned to see what she was seeing and here came Carl, stark naked, shuffling along with a big smile on his face. Rachel ran to him. I ducked in the bathroom and shut the door. Herman stood there in his shirt and underwear. <laughs> Rachel ushered Carl back to their bedroom and fussed at him the whole way. I waited till I heard their door close before I came out of the bathroom. <laughs> Realizing for the first time that this story was much more complex than I had earlier thought, I joined Herman in our bedroom to get the rest of the details. When I woke up, I rolled over with my eyes still shut, and I gave you a big kiss on the cheek. It was then that I realized that you had a mustache and whiskers. I opened my eyes, and there was Carl in your place with a big grin on his face and clutching his covers up around his neck. Finally, Carl spoke and said, 
I'll bet you're surprised. <laughs> you better believe I was. So I just laid there very confused and thought about it without answering Carl. Carl continued by saying that he had gotten lost and could not find his way back to the bedroom. I tried to tell Carl how to get back to his room, but Carl would not budge. At that point, I got up and started to get myself ready for work and to try to figure out how to get Carl out of bed. This was the exact point when you came into the room. Barely hearing what Herman said, I was still very task-focused. I said, you better get going or you're not going to make your office hours. I paused for a minute and finally spoke and said, with what has just happened, I'm not sure I want to teach today. I responded back, well, like it or not, kissed or not, you still got to go to work. <laughs> I must confess that Carl's nudity and kiss had me pretty rattled at first. <laughs> but then I began to see that these were the actions of a very confused elderly man. I gradually began to see the humor of the situation. We went on to work without talking further with Carl or Rachel. By noon, I was beginning to realize that this had been one of life's absurd situations. Later that day, we stopped by the funeral home for the first visitation period. We walked to the guest registry, signed their names, and then into the big parlor where the casket was. Every eye turned and looked in our direction, and there was this muffled laughter that occurred all over the room. That's when I knew this story had begun. Spread the word, they're funny, smart, and so absurd. Happens every month, it's the